Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com welcome back to another edition of the wolverine.com podcast ballast and skeen show here at the wolverine.com so with me five-time big 10 champion doug skeen former nfl player with the new england patriots and starter for bill parcells just wanted to give you the credit you deserve there skeen so uh that's a lot so a lot, yeah. I think you, uh, yeah i think you need to put some more stuff on your walls uh that's all it's all my football stuff's kind of up here my patriot right. helmet is up there and my yeah. michigan helmet is up there so you're, it's, a, you're it's a humble around. guy you're a humble yeah. guy and uh if it were me i would have a big picture of me with my five <laughs> big 10 rings like this you know so um Anyway, uh, 49 nothing beating of, of Michigan State that, mm. uh, you know, was really never in doubt. I, I said this in my column. They could have given Michigan State their defensive signals, and Michigan State wouldn't have scored anyway, you know, and said, no, okay. There you go, poking the bear, Ballas. Well, the bear. it is what it is. Well, when you, when you sit there before the game and you say, for the safety of our players, oh, you know, yeah. they know our signals, and we are chagrined by this, and I'm like, okay, Here's the thing. First of all, in talking to people, you haven't changed your signals in four years. So everybody in the Big Ten probably has them, number one. Okay, number two, uh, it wasn't going to matter if they had your signals or not. As Harlan Barnett, and I give him credit, Michigan State's interim head coach said, he said, you know what? Um, No excuses. We sent our quarterback to the sideline. We've done it before because people are stealing our signs in game, which is completely legal, obviously. And we'll talk about the whole Harbaugh saga here after this. But first, let's talk about that complete ass kicking. And, you know, it wasn't in what I wrote. It wasn't the typical bludgeoning where you're like, okay, you're controlling the line of scrimmage on offense and just running it down their throats. And, you know, like men against boys up there. It took a good performance from J.J. McCarthy to keep drives alive. There were five long third downs that they had to convert on their first five drives. I believe, but when it was 14 to nothing and you saw how inept Michigan State was on offense, you knew that this was going to be a long day for them. Game, the game was over, arguably, at 21 nothing. Yeah. For sure. I, I Based on what I saw from Michigan State's offense, it was just like they they, they obviously have a, a you know an offensive problem in, in quarterback issues, offensive line issues, consistency at running back. They just don't have playmakers anywhere on that offensive side of the ball that causes defense problems. And that was the case last night. 
The game was over early, and Michigan just kept their foot on the gas until the very end, no matter what unit was on the field. And that was, you know, probably the, the, the least talented Michigan State team I've seen in 30 years in this rivalry. Uh, even going back to, what, with the early 2000s, Ballas, when we beat Michigan State 49-3 in Ann Arbor, they had Drew Stanton, and they had a linebacker, and they had some other players in that team that were pretty doggone good football players. This Michigan State team doesn't have a whole lot. So I think even if the Coach Tucker thing didn't happen and his and he's still intact, boy, I, I don't know that the result of that football game is much different. So it was just an imbalance. And, and, I, and I, I had said going into the game, Michigan State always finds a way to rise up and play way above their heads in this football game. And I was wrong because they just don't have that much talent to rise up to. If there was one area – that Michigan State kind of held water a little bit was their defensive line against our running game. Like you said, I think we probably could have been more effective blocking the front at times. We were just one or two guys missing from a big run up the middle. Quorum was really close, and so was Edwards. That's the only – That's if, if there's a bright spot, that was about it. And yeah. so, boy, Michigan State's just not very good this year. Yeah, and that's a shame. Um, real quick, there were a lot of Michigan fans in that stadium, and I got to I gotta say, a lot of them, I think, got them through the Game Time app scheme, and uh, we promoted that heavily because tickets were coming down. Game Time is the place to go for your last-second ticket needs. I went to a Lions game earlier this year. I thought, man, I, early in the week, I thought – Tickets are 250 bucks. I'm not paying 250 bucks to see the Lions play. By Friday, I go to game time. They're way down. I sit there on the goal line with my son. Had an unbelievable time. Uh, it's not supposed to be tough and stressful to get tickets, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And it has certainly worked for me and for thousands of Michigan fans that uh, infiltrated Michigan State's uh, Spartan Stadium on Saturday night. So there are killer deals on last-minute tickets. Best price guarantee is well guys so you can stop stressing over the tickets start getting hyped for the fun you will have so um you know what if i were still a fan skiing i would have been on game time going to that game probably uh i don't like going to, to east lansing it's not a, a fun experience for me and there's too much vitriol and i think that a lot of that came with mark d'antonio but uh, if i had game time would have been it for me flash deals and last minute tickets uh, I got a flash deal for the Lions tickets where, okay, they, they pop up and it says, this is a great deal for you and we're going to give you an opportunity. And I got uh, tickets that I would have gotten probably for two thirds the more at, uh, at StubHub or something like that. So uh, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Uh, great seat views that they, they show you, lowest price guarantee, event, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, everything else. So it is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Game Time app, download it and use the Wolverine code, Wolverine, and get 20% off your first purchase. Game Time will credit you 100% 10% of the difference if you find a better price on tickets. So Game Time app, download it, folks. Uh, trust me, that is the way to go. So a lot of Michigan State, Michigan fans did, and it was fun to hear them chanting. It was great. It's great to be a Michigan Wolverine after that game. Skiing, the coolest part to me was when Jaden McBurrows gets a pick. One of the kids that was assaulted in the tunnel last yep. year. Yep. Got a couple tackles. He played well even before that. And then all of a sudden you get the pick, and I'm like, all right, this is uh this is karma talking here. Yeah, it was it, it certainly felt like they that way, right? And I and I know the Michigan team before the game was saying that, you know, they had moved on from the incident in the tunnel last year, that they were focusing on the football, but you know, come on, Ballas, you know as well as I do that this was actively in the minds of this football team. And again, going up to the game, I had said that 
All that stuff needs to be kept behind the locker room doors. What you say amongst the team is best kept behind the doors. I think they did a nice job of that. But the way the defense played all the way through that interception, there was obviously a tie-in to the emotion and the way that thing ended last year in Ann Arbor. It carried over into last night, and Michigan certainly made themselves uh, 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 present early and often on that football field right through to the very end. Yeah, they sure did. Um, now, I want to talk about McCarthy a little bit more because there are some games in which your quarterback is the guy. And, and I wrote this in the report card. I said, let's make no mistake about it. This is J.J. McCarthy's offense. This is not the offensive lines. Uh, and I understand it's a team game. It's not the offensive lines offense like we could say the last couple of years or Blake Corms like you know, last year. A couple of years ago, you had a game manager in Cade McNamara, right? But J.J. McCarthy is really the struster of the drink here. And some of the plays he made to get away from pressure, number one, uh, there was a play where they brought that double-A gap blitz. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Somehow, he Houdini's his way out of there, keeps his eyes downfield, and throws a strike to the tight ends, who, by the way, were unbelievable. unbelievable. Jim Harbaugh said, you know, this might be the best game for tight ends ever. You know, he, he's prone to do that <laughs> a little hyperbole. However, that, that uh, may not be hyperbole. I mean, come on. They were, they, the, the two tight ends, I, and I was sitting there watching right? the game. We had a wedding last night looking at my iPad, and, and, and I'm watching this, and I'm watching this. I'm like, this is unbelievable. These, these tight ends might set a record for tight end offense in a game. Certainly yeah. in this rivalry game, there's got to be some stat out there. They had to have had a record night. Yeah, Barner was fantastic and Colston Loveland. But the way he is stepping up in the pocket and avoiding pressure and keeping – he's got – you know what? Those great quarterbacks have that sense, right? Okay, mm -hmm. something's coming over here, but it's not going to detract them from the task at hand. Keeping their eyes downfield, using their feet – uh, that one like that I was just mentioning was unbelievable. He should have been dead to rights, and Harbaugh talked about that. He keeps his eyes downfield, throws a strike, and the way he's throwing the ball right now uh, and where he's putting it, that ball that sailed over Cal Halliday's head to uh, Colston Loveland, mm -hmm. that kid's probably still here in the buzz this morning. He better go get his ear checked, but kid's playing at an elite level. It, he is. It's impressive to watch. And you know what, Ballas, it's, you know, coming into the season, we talked about, expectations for what Michigan needs to do to take this to the next level and compete in these playoffs. I think this is kind of what it looks like, right? Yes. I, I, I'm an old greedy offensive lineman. I want to see us run 30, 40 times and grind out that front and, and, you know, physically demoralize them. But coming into this season, we needed a more expansive, dynamic, diverse passing offense. And this, I think this is what it looks like. And it's probably pretty awesome to watch yeah. when you have a quarterback who stands in the pocket and then has the mental and physical toughness when pressure starts to move around him, he keeps his eyes down the field and delivers an incredibly accurate football. And so I, I don't know how to describe this for people that have never sat in the pocket of a, of a division one uh, college football game as a quarterback, you're, you're looking down the field. You have to see what's going on down there. And they're enormously huge human beings coming to destroy you. And you cannot, you cannot take your eyes and look down here at your pressure. Because if you do that, you're dead in the water. You're no longer an effective quarterback as much as you need to be. It takes a certain level of guts and toughness to stand in there and do that. And he does this really, really well. Yeah. And, and not everybody can. The only thing I would say. Every time we see J.J. curl out, run around, escape pressure, see, see the stuff down the field, the only thing I would say is there is a time, and there was one play last yep. night. I think it was the first quarter. Yep. There is a time on second down. Things aren't going well. 
can you just throw it out of bounds? We'll, we'll get this on third down. We took a big loss on that point. I think we got the third down on the next play because it was, such, it was one of those nights. But I just think that if there's one time, and I'm sure that Coach Harbaugh and his staff are talking to these quarterbacks about this, it's okay. Every once in a while, it's okay to just have an incompletion. So I think if there's just one criticism of J.J., I do think he gets a little greedy at times. But then, then he turns around and slings the ball for some big first down or a touchdown. And I'm like, okay, I can't criticize the kid because he can, he can do this stuff. But time will tell. Can you do it against better defenses than that? Yes. And uh, this is, you know, everybody says, well, if you look at how Michigan's beating teams like the past couple of years, Georgia would have crushed them or Georgia would have done this. And we look at the scores now and what they just did to Michigan State. Uh, they're doing it at an elite level. I don't care who the competition is. Now, there will be bigger tests and tougher tests, although watching Penn State and Ohio State, uh, I didn't see anything from those teams that scared the hell out of me. Now, they are good football teams and they have good defenses and much better uh, than they will see from a lot from most teams this year, obviously, or any team. Mm -hmm. But um, to me, like you said, this is next level stuff. And uh, I am concerned. You know what? Donovan Edwards, six carries, 14 yards. Blake Corum averaged 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, granted, this is a tough, physical, whatever, Michigan State front. Uh, their front seven is the the probably the strength of their team, which isn't really saying much. But um, I, I'm concerned. I am about the running game. And I think it needs to be better if they want to win a championship. Am I wrong? Well, no, I think you... I think you're right. It needs to get better. And there were a few plays last night where I saw a lot of good combinations, a lot of good starts of a block, and then a linebacker scrapes over and we just don't quite catch him. And that's yeah. the guy that makes the tackle for quorum for three or four yards. But beyond him, he's in the secondary and he's running loose. That happened multiple times, and it's happened multiple times in all these games. I think they're getting better, Ballas. So the consistency again with Ladarius at left and Barnard at right, and the rest of that offensive line, throw in the tight ends, and then Bredesen and short yardage and goal line. This is a really, really good unit. This is the combination. It's just the tiny little difference now that's going to spring them for the extra 10 or 15 yards versus the three or four. I think they're closer than they have been all year, and I think they're going to get there. Okay. So that is one area that they do need to get better at. What's the, what is that difference then from turning a four-yard gain into a 40-yard gain? Well, so the difference is, is when you leave your double team, right? So linebackers and defenses like to, to disable your effectiveness of double teams by bringing linebackers faster into gaps. TCU did that last year against us, right? Mm -hmm. So if I have, if I'm an offensive lineman and my 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 buddy next to me, we have to come together and double team, and the and the and the job is to move a defensive lineman back and make a linebacker pick a side. Okay, that's great. But when that linebacker comes fast, then I have to leave that double team now to take him. And now we no longer have the the advantage of a double team. Now we're back to one on one, and so. Defensive going defenses going back to last year's TCU game. That was the blueprint. In fact, Illinois did it to us last year when they played this tough in Ann Arbor. This is how you neutralize effective double teaming. And or you can run some twists and some zones, but then we'll just zone block you and we can fix that too. Mm -hmm. So for Michigan's offensive line to clean this up, they just have to be more the basis is be more effective at the one-on-one -on -one blocks when teams start to bring linebackers faster to take away your double team. It just it's fundamentals, Ballas. It's getting your eyes and your hands and your feet where they belong and moving someone. And that's they just they're gonna get there. 
we're just we're just this close to popping some of these things folks this is why we pay him the big bucks right here that's great analysis so he said if i was an offensive lineman you are an offensive lineman. you're always an offensive lineman. what's an offensive lineman always an offensive lineman well that's true i just yeah. you know i just play with a seven or an eight iron now instead of my hands and feet <laughs> and my helmet so understood yeah and do that pretty damn well too uh, this guy uh, is an athlete uh, may not look as much like yeah. it as he did back in the day but he's still an athlete and the guy can golf his ass off so um all right let's talk about penn state and ohio state here real quick did you watch that game by any chance or were you uh, i, I watched it for your job. wedding yeah well i i had to travel yesterday down to columbus I was, in, I was on the north side of columbus ohio a lot of red down there yeah and i did get a chance to watch a good chunk of that football game um I was a little bit shocked at the ineptitude of the Penn State offense. I thought they were better than that. Uh, the Penn State defensive front is pretty good, and that Penn State, that Penn State defense, I thought, man, they're just holding this offense and holding this offense. And I thought, well, there's got to be some frustrations growing on that Penn State sideline because they held Ohio State's offense, uh, you know, to such low point averages so far into that game and then finally the dam broke open and they're letting marvin harrison jr running around free you cannot you can only ask a defense to do so much and so i'm watching that game and i'm like all right where, where are the problem guys for michigan when we get to play these two teams and offensively against the penn state defensive front how are we going to run that football against a pretty good defensive line i think we can pass the football against that defense and then defensively Harrison Jr., you're going to have to put somebody on here, and, and, and you can't let that kid run free. They have a pretty good tight end, and then they've got another wide receiver out there. Did he play yesterday in Jigba? Did he play? Uh, no. Uh, I no, didn't see him. No, no, he's – it's uh, Abuka, I think, was the guy. Abuka, yes. I can't yeah. remember the and name. He was out. Name. I think he got hurt, and he was out. So, so they were out there without their number one running back, their number one receiver, and their number one defensive back, and they still pretty much throttled Penn State. Yeah, yeah. So Penn State, you know, again, and as I said, oh, Penn State, Penn State. I'm like, listen, Franklin's still the head coach there, and that dude don't know how to win a top-10 game to save his life. That's just facts, people, yeah. all right? In, in, in the course of his time there, he just doesn't know how to do it. I don't worry so much about – beating Penn State. It's the Ohio State team, and clearly they have some really, really good players at certain positions. But again, Ballas, I look at the quarterback at Ohio State, and I say, you know, he's good, mm. but for for Ohio, is he Ohio State good? No. He's nowhere close to the last 15 years of quarterbacks that Ohio State has had, and that's no. issuing all due respect possible. I just... Ohio State's quarterbacking standards, as I've watched them play, has been so high and so good for so long. I go, all right, I think we can handle this quarterback, yeah. but you got to you got to handle his weapons and take yeah. care of them. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, and you had James Franklin over there with that hat on that looked like he picked it up at a truck stop. Did you notice that? <laughs> I did see. That. I, I was like, what's going on here? Did this guy forget his hat? Like Lou Whitaker forgetting his All Star jersey back in the '80s and uh, having to wear a replica. And I'm thinking James Franklin just stopped at. Uh, at that pilot and <laughs> you know what all he was missing was a big dip and a slim jet. So, but uh, he looked like, okay, uh, here we go again, frankly, at the end of that game. And I knew they weren't going to win that it's game. A it's a familiar look. It's, it's it James Franklin on the sideline against Michigan, Ohio state, and you name it, whoever else. Although you got to give the guy credit. He won a Rose bowl. Didn't he win a Rose bowl a couple of years he ago? Did. Yeah. They had that arm pun offense. And uh, I will say this, everybody talks about Drew Aller and they were comparing him to JJ McCarthy. Drew Aller is no J.J. No, McCarthy. No, it's not even no, close. No, they no. were dinking and dunking and doing the Cade McNamara offense and because yeah. that's what they have. Uh, that ain't going to fly against Michigan. No. And that's why, in my opinion, I had picked Michigan to lose that game before the season. You picked an undefeated season. 
Uh, to me, Michigan has a great chance to go into Happy Valley and win that game. Now, uh, I think Penn State will bring it defensively. I think that would be better than Michigan State was at finishing plays. And uh, But it's hard not to look ahead, man, when your schedule is tomato can, tomato can, tomato can, tomato can. That's the one I'm looking at. Uh, all due respect to Purdue, right? Well, I, I, correct. There's no doubt yeah. about it. And, and I was just talking this morning on the way back home, and we were talking about the balance of Michigan's schedule and, and – the playoffs, you think about it, the playoff mentality really starts at Penn State, right? Yep. Michigan, this Michigan team has pretty lofty goals. I think we all know what the goals are. And you have to go win that football game. And and if you don't, you just maybe eliminated your chances of doing so. Not entirely, but greatly reduced. Um, it's, it's playoff mentality. And I think this Michigan team will be up to the task. Of course, Penn State's loud. But the football field is still the same length and still the same width. That's different colors in the end zones. Uh, outside the noise, which Michigan and, and, and Coach Harbaugh in the last two years has proven that these teams can go on the road and suck in the environment and take it in as their own and figure out a way to win. I think we win that game. I absolutely think we win that game. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. So, um, all right, let's talk about uh, – well, first things first. As an offensive lineman, did you ever get into a scuffle with a guy and then blindside him from behind and then jump on him with your helmet and uh, hit him in the back of the head? Um, hmm. Certainly not in a game, no. Okay. Uh, not even in practice because, boy, that's that's dirty pool even in practice. We got in a lot of fights in practice, Ballas, and a lot of them back in the day, but we never did anything like that. So, no. No. Yeah. So that it got a little chippy there at the end and probably not unexpected if you're getting your butt kicked like they were. And uh, but there's no excuse for that. There's no. Well, you, you, you know, you, come on. I, just say it. I, Yeah, you can't do that. You just right. can't do that. Uh, it, it, it's it's out of line. You know, they threw the kid out as they should in Michigan State. You know, the frustrations and it, certainly it makes sense. Right. From a rivalry point of view, you're getting embarrassed out there. And uh, there's there's plenty of plenty of personal fouls. You know, I think they had two or three in a row on one one series there in the second half, and we're just walking down the literally walking down the field as they're marching off penalty yes. yardage, and and so it's like okay, this is you know at this point I'm watching as a Michigan fan. I'm like, all right, how long are our guys going to stay in here before some stupid stuff really happens and we got guys starting to get hurt? But we we got out of there without major injuries, so that's good. But you know, it's it's unfortunate. But not all that surprising. Yeah. Thoughts on scoring a touchdown with eight seconds left with your eighth stringers? No issues. No yep. issues. Those kids are out there playing. They work They work just as hard as everybody else. They've been showing up for weightlifting since January whatever, and they've been grinding and doing everything that's been asked of them. You put them on the field in that situation, and you're calling base offense, and you let them score, and you let them play the game. If Michigan State or anybody else doesn't like it, you stop it. It's not like Harbaugh left J.J. in there and the starters in there to the end of the game. These were the backup kids, and in some cases, the backup to the backup kids, and you got to let them play. Yeah, and in some cases, the backup to the backup to the backup. I remember when Mark D'Antonio hurried to the line to run one more play to score a touchdown in a 35-11 win, I think it was. Yep. So, I remember it. Yep. Yeah, it's like, now that's different. If you're hurrying to the line to run yep. up the score, then you're a dick. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. And it was real cute. And he was laughing and everything was funny mm -hmm. about it. I remember it. Yeah. 
It was, no, he, was supposed to be, he was supposed to be the guy that gave the secret game plan for this game. I don't think they showed him once, did they, on TV? I was watching the replay copy. Come on. Coach D'Antonio needs to take his $4.3 million that he got and just go back stole. to fundraising. Come on. Yeah, that he stole. <laughs> so, yeah, he's not. He, apparently he's not the miracle worker, which we kind of knew after they kicked his butt the last two years that they played him. So, uh, But the fan base was excited about it, and uh, hopefully he had a front row seat to that. And well, he, he, you he know, so, that, Mark. so true story, Ballas, and I think you know this, Har Harlan was a teammate of mine in New England Patriots. Great guy. Great guy. I feel bad for Coach Barnett there and Harlan because you can tell that I mean, he loves Michigan State. He wants to have success. I think he had probably had hopes that he could do something with this team and maybe get a chance to retain a permanent job as head coach. I feel bad for him um, just because of my connection. And I don't I, – let me be clear. I don't talk with Harlan at all. I mean, we were teammates on an NFL team 30 years ago but I still have respect for him because he was a good guy then. I think he's a good guy now. So that's the only part of me that's like, yeah, that kind of sucks, but it's football. And as he said afterwards, it is what it is. We got our butts kicked. Yeah, and he does not embrace the hatred. And to his credit, and I posted this today. I said he seems like a stand-up guy. I said he didn't make any excuses. You know, he said, yeah, they. Of course, you had the narrative, you know, from all these people about, oh my God, your signals, you know, whatever well you do, and you know, they they tried to keep that alive. And he said, no, man, we're not making any excuses. Guess what I did? I had the quarterback come over to the to the yeah. line and give the signal, and then we went out and we played. And uh, so all that talk about how you know what for the health and safety of our kids, you know, we. We were considering not playing this game. That's just a lot. lot hey, by shit. the way, where did that come from? Who's, whose idea was it to maybe not play this game for the health and safety of the most violent know. game played outside of MMA? I the know. most violent team sport played out there. Well, maybe hockey's pretty doggone violent. Team. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But I'm like, really? You guys are going to, because, you know, it's like, really? You can figure out someone's signals halfway through the game if you really try. I mean, this is yeah. nothing new for people that don't know what life on a sideline is like and everything goes on in a football game. So, you know, you could just by if, if your staff is any good, you're doing your scouting, you know, the set of plays are going to run out of certain formations. You can narrow it down within a few options based yeah. on the way they line up. Yeah. So uh, let's just hit the brakes a little bit on the hyperbole surrounding the sign stealing stuff. Yes. It's ridiculous. They were chagrined though at the talk. Um, it's interesting because the big 10 uh, talked to called them, you know, the week of the game and said, Hey, protect your signals because we are investigating that Michigan might have gotten them illegally. Now here's the thing. Uh, hey, protect your signals. And by the way, here's a newsflash. You're supposed to protect your signals all the time. Absolutely. If you're coaching football from little kids all the way up to the NFL, you should change up your stuff on the yes. field because good opponents are going to figure you out. And if you don't have dummy calls, change-ups, and false flags out there, you are the dumbass. You are the dumbass. I was going to say dummy, but he said dumbass. He went full dumbass. I mean, it's fantastic. Uh, all right, but let's talk about the elephant in the room here and the sign ceiling thing. And, you know, what it sounds like, Skeen, is that, okay, you have this staffer. Uh, he's an analyst, and he's an elite military reconnaissance guy, right? So you can have him on the sidelines, and you can break down signals. There's nothing illegal about that. And, you know, you've got these outlets now watching him pacing. The, they said, oh, he's pacing the sidelines. I'm like, good. You know, everybody else does, too. Um, now, the gray area is, say he was at a couple of games or, or going on and part of this elite scouting vast network of scouts where Michigan 
coaches are at games and videotaping sidelines and stuff like that. That's an issue. However, mm-hmm. what if he's got some friends out there that say, hey, I'm at the Ohio State game. I am not there on your dime, but I'm here and I'm in the stands with 100,000 other people, you know, and he's got these buddies. Um, in the rule book, I don't think there's anything that says you can't do that. So yeah, that's a gray area. But does that's that probably, bother you? That's probably where the line is, right, Ballas? Yeah. So, so you know, in your scenario there, right. if if I go watch a certain football game and my buddy Mark Staten, who's now the tight end coach at Toledo, if I were to go watch, you know, a Ball State play or something, and I just said, hey, watch this game here, and and by the way, I noticed that they like to do this. Is that is that an NCAA violation? No, well, but what if you're? What if I'm, you're not on the, I'm not on the Toledo staff, but Mark is. No, right? but what if you're videotaping his the, the sideline and you're sending saying, it to him and you're writing things down? Would you have an issue with that? And and there's nothing I don't think in the rule book specifically that says you can't accept things like that. There are a hundred thousand fans in the stadium. What's to prevent? A kid, and I'm not justifying, and this is just this is a hypothetical, right? Yeah. But uh, what's to prevent somebody from hey videotaping sidelines and saying sending it to Michigan coach and say hey look this is a videotape of the entire game of the sidelines? If you're a coach, do you delete that? Do you say no? Well, we can't so do that? so this this is where this is where the rubber's right. getting road in this topic. So so the the right thing to do is to say you know what I'm not supposed to have this content. Delete. That's that's according to the rule. That's the right thing to do. Is it? No, I don't think it is. I don't think there's any rule against that. Well, if there's if well, this is I'm saying I don't know what the rule is. Right. Alex. Where's right. the, the rule? rule is the if, there's a, if there's a rule against it, mm-hmm. then the right thing to do is to delete it. If right. there's no rule against it, then oh, okay. Yeah. See, because that's the that's where it comes into play. Is if and that's what Dan Wetzel wrote. And this is not my narrative. I want to be clear. This is a national narrative from a national writer saying, hey. What's to prevent, you know, if if you're not sending staffers to games and, for example, and for, how are you going to do that anyway, right? If you've got you're not, maybe you're you've not, got somebody. Harbaugh is not sending Michigan no. staffers no. to away games. That would be a different issue. And if that right. comes out, then that is a different issue. Right, exactly. So that's why there are so much. Everybody's rushing to judgment here. We need to see the story. Now, if it's the case where, where this Connor Stallions was at a game or two or something like that, then he should be suspended accordingly and, and punished accordingly. There was a Baylor coach that uh, five years ago, I think it was the offensive coordinator was on the sidelines, the other sidelines of a game that uh, of an upcoming opponent. And he got a half game suspension. So maybe Connor Stallion should be a, suspended a half game. If he, if that were the case, uh, right. But to sit there and, and imply that there's this vast network mm-hmm. and just because Michigan is really good at stealing signals is irresponsible. If they are found to be guilty, then absolutely the guys, there should be ramifications for there it. Should, there should be. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. We should not be cheating. No one should right. be cheating. Right. But, but I want to go back to the signals themselves, Ballas, having been there and done that. I mean, if you have a set of signals, and like I said earlier, if you're not changing them, then you're a dumbass as a football coach and yes. a football staff. Yep. It's not that hard to flip a few things around and throw your opponent entirely off. It's just not that hard. If and I think Michigan did that with Ohio State scheme, yeah, not to interrupt course. you. Yes. It's it's just not. If you have a if you have a numbering system or an alphanumeric system or a set of words and codes that have R's for the right and L's for the left, you just flip all that stuff. Make a change during the week. You practice it. You go out and you play on Saturday, and everybody's happy. That's yeah. all you got to do. And if you t- if if anybody tells me, oh, it's not that easy. Oh, you can't. You you don't. The kids don't have time. 
BS. All these kids out there are smart enough to do this stuff. And the reason I know this is because a dumb guy like me all those years ago figured it out. So don't tell me it can't be done. You're not dumb. You're a Michigan grad. Uh, and here's the funny part about it, though, is that uh, they said somebody told me that they were like on the sidelines for like took two plays and a guy would point to his boot and they knew a boot was coming. It's like, OK, you don't want to dumb it down that much. And another thing, Skeen, like you always say, freaking huddle up if you're worried about it. Yeah, right. And have up. your quarterback call the play at the damn line of scrimmage. Yeah. Huddle up. Go to huddle up. Go to the line of scrimmage with at least two, if not four or six or more. Ballast, the system we ran back in the day with Coach Moeller and Cam Cameron and Les Miles is running the offense. We could run our entire offense at the line of scrimmage if we wanted to. We used a set of numbers and colors and cadence, and we could do the whole thing at the line of scrimmage. It was all check with me. And and we learned it in practice because you want to get faster reps in practice. Mm -hmm. You would just say, hey, just go to the line of scrimmage. It's check with me on one. And we yeah. would, and, and all of us would bark out a number and a color, and we knew what play we were going to run. Did and you we change wanted, them every week? Well, all you got to do is just, if you want to throw the defense off, mm-hmm. you just go easy, 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 kill, 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 opposite. Well, what does opposite mean? Oh, right. no one knew, we knew what opposite meant. Mm-hmm. And sometimes opposite was hot, and sometimes opposite was cold. This right. is how you throw off your defensive front, right? So yeah. it's just not that complicated. I just, I, um, and I'll never not believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent. So um, it does seem that there are some, I don't care what anybody says. It does seem that the NCAA has a, an erection for Jim Harbaugh to, to be, <laughs> am I wrong? It, I mean, it just seems it certainly to me feels that, like it, you know, right? we got, we got the cheeseburger and now, and now one phone call was made or two phone calls allegedly made to say, Hey, these guys are cheating. And the NCAA just takes all of its weaponry and aims it at Jim Harbaugh and, I, I'm saying this now, and I see some national guys are now saying it. If Harbaugh gets an NFL offer at the end of this thing, and I would not blame him for saying, see you later, college S show, uh, because it's kind of what it feels like for him, right? Yeah. And so go to the NFL where he has some regulations and some rules and an environment where it's a fair playing field, and off you go. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope Michigan finds a way to keep him, but if I were him, I would enjoy every moment if I as I could with this particular football team and in the moment. And then at the end of the season, I'd look around and go, all right, what are my options here? Once again, it's a big if. Uh, and speaking to somebody, uh, this is secondhand, who spoke to a, an NFL GM recently. He said NFL GMs still don't want Jim Harbaugh. It would have to be an owner that yeah. came up and said, but yeah. there are owners up, up there that might just say, yeah. I want to win. And Jim right. Harbaugh is a winner. You can argue with whatever the hell you want to argue. This guy is a winning football coach. Hey, listen, I think it's pretty much public knowledge. You know, Jim Harbaugh is, may not be the most warm and fuzzy guy that you want to have over for Thanksgiving, um, but he's not a dirt bag. And right. he's not a gross individual. I think he's a, he's a he's a family man. He's pretty clear about his morals and his values. Yep. And uh, and although may, he he may not kiss your ass and tell you how warm and fuzzy he, you want to hear, but he's going to win. And so uh, I think an NFL owner would find that attractive enough to give him a shot. Um, you know, he's a he's a demanding guy. And here's a newsflash: his old college football coach was the same one I had, and much of the same staff. They were all very very demanding people. And you, you may not have understood it at the time, and this was an, aw- an awfully harsh environment, and then you grow up a little bit and you go, you know what, doggone, I'm, I'm glad he was that demanding of me because I figured out how to do things that were the hard right. way. 
Yep. And there you have it. He's Doug Skeen. Skeen, uh, we will enjoy the bye week. We're still going to do one on Sunday and uh, look back at some hot topics. So I'm looking forward to that. Enjoy your bye week. I'm sorry that the golf clubs are probably in the garage now, yeah, but uh, yeah. you got some Florida trips coming up in the in the winter, right? Well, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out where to go warm and, and get away from the, the winter. But Ballas, this year, uh, you know, I'm trying to embrace the fall yeah. and embrace the winter, our lovely seasons here in Michigan. And so we'll maybe a little more cross-country skiing this year. Hopefully we get some good snow. And then we'll be back golfing before you know it. Those better be some strong damn skis. That's all I got to say. <laughs> so he's Doug Skeen, our five-time Big Ten champion. Thanks, Skeen. Uh, we will talk to you next week. All right. Go blue. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.